Well, as we're heading into fall, you might be asking yourself, is there something I should be doing with a biological product to take me, catapult me into winter? That's the discussion in this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. I got Chad Henderson from Madison, Alabama, one of the original founders of Extreme Ag, and I got Mike Batson. He is with Holganics. Mike and I met a couple of different times when we were most recently in Iowa, and we actually did some measuring about what biologicals can do. Let's face it, you were, maybe were suspect about this. All of us were. Chad's a tire kicker. We were like, all right, does this stuff really work? Well, Chad has a trial going with Holganics, and he's got a couple of different things he wants to share with us about that. But the question we asked in a previous video, and it's a damn good one, I said, Mike, how do we know if this stuff's really working? And he's out there with his soil monitor and his soil probe, and he's not just pulled up soils and sent them to a lab. He's got real-time stuff going down and talking about what the organic matter looks like, porosity. They call it bulk density, which is really cool because we, we know that our soils get compacted. So I thought, you know what, let's go ahead and kind of revisit the measuring and let's also talk about what should Chad be doing moving forward using biologicals of Holganics brand or any for that matter. So anyway, Mike, um, it's pretty cool. The video we did, I watched it this morning to refresh myself with uh, what we did there. You actually can, in real time, using satellite technology, Say, here's the CECs, here's the organic matter, here's the bulk density, et cetera, with that soil. So that was pretty cool. And then your point was, if you started using biologicals now, five years from now, these numbers would absolutely climb. And I, I thought that was pretty telling. It was, in, it was informative and I guess it'd be uh, uh, verifying. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we've got uh, farms that's had the product on for five or six years in the Dakotas. And it just gets better with time. Uh, yields continue to climb up. Uh, we're growing more organic matter. We've changed the organic matter a full percentage point, and uh, we're even starting to move the CECs, cation exchange capacity. So, and by the way, um, if if you are a, a viewer of all of our stuff, I sat, I stood in the field with Chad, and we talked about the cation exchange capacity problem that he has in some of his lighter soils. And then he's talking about the, the work he's doing with organics. We went to one of his fields that was not light. It was, in fact, kind of river bottom stuff. So anyway, what are you seeing that excites you about using biologicals in this particular instance, Chad? So first of all, I was, I'm the biggest skeptic, you know, because these guys come to me and they're like, hey, we're going to put this. I said, oh, Lord, it's a wild, wild west, you know, because it's hard for people to come back and they've been preaching and selling biologicals uh biologic say that word for me Biolog biologicals biologicals <laughs> thank you so they've been preaching and selling them things you know for five or six or seven years you know and there's and and, and up until now what we've seen with them there's no way to measure it yeah. so everybody can say what they want to say and they're like oh well it's working well where 
for five or six or seven or 10 or $15 an acre, yeah. you know, and then we have us as farmers have to quantify that in essence of, Oh, we're going to cut our fertility back. Whoa, wait a minute now. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff went on. Well, when these guys explained it and some of the meetings we've had together, it's truly been a learning curve. Um, when they come down, you know, a lot of people want to know where you want it at, you know, and they're one of the companies that says, Hey, we want on tough ground. We want it on some rough ground. I said, I got you. I promise you, I got you. <laughs> so we put them in some rough ground and you know, the root mass, is is different. It was different when it, when it come out of the ground. The root structure was different on the plants, you know. And this is corn that's you know just just average corn. This is not anything that's loaded up. It's just regular fertility, you know. So I'm real interested so far to see what you know what, what we got going on with it. Well, I mean, there is something to that, and that's why I, I opened up by saying that what Mike did it was actually verifiable provable that he's pulling numbers you say yeah but did those numbers move we've only put this biological on this field starting at time of planting his point is and i guess there's a little bit of faith uh you know give us three years and you're going to see some of these numbers move even more so and you know you're asking us to have a little bit of faith but less than some of the other promises out there because you actually are verifying some numbers so i thought that was pretty cool um Talk to me about what's happening at Chad's, Mike. What what is he what's he what can he expect to see uh come when the combine rolls through that corn? I do have uh, better plant health all the way till the end. Uh our plants mature out, they don't die out, uh kind of mimicking what a fungi treat a fungi fungicide treatment uh shows you know normally we get a lot better plant health so i would expect the plant to stay green longer and uh it'll mature out uh like it's supposed to do and uh, should translate if his yield if his uh, roots have grown at more than normal you know we should have better water and nutrient uptake and uh, should uh, put that into more grain in the grain bin on the combine what about now after the harvest? Okay, let's say he does see these. Is there something that he should be doing? Is is Chad Henderson going to help himself? Does he need to do a biological treatment post-harvest? I would say yes. Uh, where he's at, where he's got a longer growing season that basically doesn't shut off, uh, he's going to get a lot of uh, beneficial benefits from the uh, products that have uh, a diverse population of microbes in it. Uh, bacteria and uh, fungi and protists will uh, break down uh, you know his uh, stocks and residues that he's got left at the end of the field we will cycle the nutrients out of it quicker and we'll break that down making it uh, go through uh, you know planter season when the planters start to run uh, he'll be able to get through that residue a lot easier uh, mimicking basically like a tillage pass but the key you have to have more fungi and protists in there than just bacteria. Most of the products out there are heavily laden with bacteria, matching up what's in our soil. Most of our soil is heavily laden in bacteria and low in fun fungi and beneficial protists and beneficial nematodes. By the way, Chad, is this something we even thought about a couple of years ago until I started working with you guys and then started talking about the fungi bacteria relationship? I'm like, I, I had no idea. So is, is Chad's soil heavy bacteria, low fungi? Is that what you're telling me? I would say yes. I w haven't been to his farm, but I would say before he started using our product, I would say that it was probably heavily bacteria. Most of the time we see 80 to 70% bacteria to fungi and uh 
with our product that usually after one use, we will break that down to 60, 30 and slowly build it up to more to a one-to-one -one ratio, 50, 50, which that's what we're looking for. Our soils that uh, can handle lots of stress and make more yield are the ones that are in that one-to-one -one ratio. Ted, what's the deal? Uh, do you think you're rebalancing the fungi to bacteria ratio? By the way, Mike jumped the gun. This was supposed to be a different uh, episode. We were going to talk about that, but that's okay. Here we are. I, I ain't got a clue. I ain't got a clue. Like, look, I'm from Alabama. This ain't even supposed to happen with somebody like me. Like, he talks way too proper, and everything he's saying, like, I'm just buying into it, you know? He's done a really good job explaining that. But to the point, you know, what, what we want to talk about is how hard it is for me, or what I'd like to know is how hard it is for me. You know, when I went to Kelly Garrett's, when I went to Temple Rose, um, you know, when I go to their place and I say, hey, when was that corn shelled? Oh, it was shelled two months ago. Well, it looks like it was shelled last week, you know, how the stalks look. Well, when Alabama, you know, when me and Matt down here in the south, even with Kevin Matthews, we, you know, our stalks with the heat, it's turning black. Like everything's working because we have so much more heat. Can we talk a minute on what we can do to add to that? When I use a whole Gannix product and these bugs are running, they're working, they're breaking this stuff down. Do I need to put on more sugars? Do I need to put on more nitrogen? Do I need to put on a few things? to keep these, keep these bugs happy and keep them fed and keep them going longer? Or am I looking at it wrong? Yeah, so that's a, that's a big question right there. So we, we opened the whole episode, Mike, by saying, here we are going into fall. Should Chad, you know, what should, what should be the next treatment? After the combine goes through, what should be the next biological treatment? I would say just like what I was trying to say, a product like ours is diverse, uh, that has... Uh, your bacteria, fungi, protists, beneficial nematodes, but back to the sugars, uh, you need a food source. And, That's right. And our product has that. We have molasses in there. We have yucca plant extract, kelp extract, amino acids, and uh, fulvic acid and humic acid. And when those bugs and microbes hit the hit your residue, it's like we're bringing a battalion with us. We're not just bringing there you a go. So, that's that's what I knew was coming out of Hoganics, and that's what I was trying to get you to circle around to. So what would, if you had to pick, what would your carrier be? Would you want it to be water? Would you want it to be a cut with water, nitrate, you know, to kind of help break that down? If you had to pick one, what would your carrier be? I would still go with water because I forgot to mention that in our product, we also have some slow-release nitrogen in there. So we're bringing some nitrogen as well to feed what microbes you currently have in your soil as well. And that will speed the process up. But water. Now, let, me, let me ask the question here, Mike. So here, talk about the combine rolls hit in his case, probably, you know, after the next couple months, doesn't really matter where you are in this particular. So after the combine rolls, you're going out doing a fall application. And is it just this product or is this in there with some herbicide to take care of winter annuals? Or what, what are you thinking on that, Chad? Oh, I'm with, I'm with you, Damien. Um, I think that'd be a great time. And that's why we used their product before, you know, they wanted it. If you can't put it in the furrow, then they want it with a herbicide pass. And I think that would be a great opportunity to put their product in at that half gallon rate that they recommend, you know, and smoke it on in with, with the herbicide pass in front of our wheat planting. Cause we'll do our wheat with no till. So we can go in there and put it down, put that down and then just let them stalks keep eating. Okay, so what's the the product then, Mike? Is called what? It is a breakdown. Breakdown. Break. Okay, 
So, and, and, you know, you'd make the mistake of thinking breakdown just means, like you said previously, get rid of that fodder so that when he's got to come in in March, let's say, or April and do his planting, that it's broken down. But it's not just getting rid of the fodder. It's also putting it back Cy in the soil. That's right. Cycling the nutrients. There's a ton, there's a lot of N, P, and K and micros that are in that, that uh, you want to get back in the soil as quick as possible to get it ready for the plants to uptake it versus just sitting around doing nothing for you. You know, there's a lot of money that are tied up. You might as well be using it. Okay. That's, so, that's, so, what, so we're working on, that's what we're working on right now, Damien, with the double crop beans. You right. know, we sprayed this on our straw, our wheat straw, right behind the planters and then planted our double crops. So we'll be pulling soil samples, tissue samples on those coming up, you know, to see if we can monitor that. Okay. So what I'm wondering then is you, you, you harvest your wheat in like June and then you mm -hmm. go in and put your double crop beans in the old days, you didn't spray something on that. And so, I mean, you have real world experience because 10 years ago, you didn't spray nothing on the wheat stubble. And now you do, is it, can you visibly tell a difference from the, from the tractor seat or can you visibly tell a difference when you go out and take a walk? Well, I haven't been in it to date yet. You know, I've looked at it and, and I can see it, you know, but I haven't got out there and really started pulling the straw back to see the breakdown. We're approaching, we're right at R3 on those beans, you know, and yeah. they were, the plant date was June the 2nd on that where we applied that organic. So it was within a few days of that is when we planted it and applied it. So, you know what, we're almost, well, we're two months in on the planting season. So I'm now getting where I can go out let's go out and let's start going and let's see if we can see anything in the straw you know see if the straw tears easier see it because it's if the straw is still going to be there you know don't don't misconstrue and say oh the straw is just gone it's just magically gone no, no it's it's going to be there but it's going to be what i've seen before is the way it breaks down the way the plants tear how much easier it is you know to it's disposing decomposing i guess would be the word right so your experience mike this is the first time he's doing this uh is this is this a big is this a big opportunity for people that can do double crop beans i mean you can't do double crop typically you know in north indiana where i live but by golly there's a whole bunch of it that happens like matt miles and chad anderson so is this what you think is going to become a standard operating procedure you're gonna put some some sort of a, a meltdown on after the wheat gets harvested yes i do and i think it'll be big where soybeans and corns grown throughout the whole corn belt okay so uh, if you're putting it on at time, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's got the benefit of breaking down the fodder. It's got the benefit of recycling stuff. Now, this is kind of a silly question, but maybe it's not. Is it doing it too soon? In other words, if you're doing this in September, October, November, I don't really need all that nutrient availability until April, May, June. Is there a danger of getting it broken down and, and then all of a sudden it's like it's, it's too early and now it's not available come spring? Uh, in theory, you would think yes, but it, it's not going to work that fast. It's going to be faster than not doing it. But it once, uh, like in the north of where Chad's at, when we start getting into basically soil kind of goes dormant. You know, once we start getting colder, that process will slow down. And then it'll kick back up again in the spring. Where Chad's at, he's going to be benefiting all, all the way through. So he's going to speed that up even more because of his heat and having more moisture 
to make it work. So okay, well then, from a bang for a buck standpoint, you know, I'm 600 miles north of where he is. Does he get more bang for his buck using this than I would, or do you think it doesn't matter? Because yes, I still- finally, finally, somebody gets more bang for their buck than I stay. Yes. <laughs> well, that's what you got to wonder because you know we we don't maybe you know we don't we don't walk uphill to school uh, in a blizzard, but we sure as heck do get. <laughs> We get a freezing layer and we still bear our pipes three feet down because, you know, there's winters where we get a freeze layer down three feet. So that, that soil's definitely dormant. Um, is, is there a way in an area like me, Mike, do I get less bang for my buck or do I even get more because that biology maybe works harder before the soil does freeze and right after it thaws out? I think you guys will be equal when it's all said and done. It's going to break down the the residue, the lignin, the, the starches, the cellulose, it's going to nutrient cycle, and it's going to do that both places. It's just going to go dormant in the north, and then it's going to kick back up in the spring. So basically, it's going to, you're going to get your money worth both ways. It's just going like to take a I'd like to tell you something, Mike, that uh, Chad hasn't even heard. Mike Evans is uh, Kelly Garrett's business partner and also agronomist. And I had him look at soil samples pulled on my property a couple months ago. And he insulted me. He said, your ground sucks. You've got low CEC soils on that one field. He says, your ground is basically like Chad Henderson's. So he insulted (laughs) my farm by telling me that my ground was similar to his. So I'm not sure. I think we both got insulted, Chad. That's, that tells you that I've done a pretty good job with our ground getting it up then, don't it? Yeah, yeah, right. You've made you've made your so, Alabama stuff, but I thought it was interesting. So I got that, a question. So and let's let's talk about this wheat bean deal just to, just for a brief second. Or can you explain? Could you help people understand the speed of the process of this breakdown? What would speed it up? We obviously know weather and heat. You know, rainfall maybe. But can you give a few pointers as to what speeds it up, what people could be looking for in a time frame if they sprayed it in the summer or if they sprayed it in the you know in the spring, if they sprayed it in the fall? Can can you talk through that just a second for us, Mike? Uh you bet. Normally when you uh in the summer you're gonna have more heat, you're gonna have more sunlight, it's gonna warm up and tend to have more moisture. Uh those are the key factors in making it work as fast as it's gonna work. You know, the more moisture you get, the more sunlight, the more heat, it's going to speed it up. Uh, when we get to where we get colder climates, you know, we get heavier dews and frost and stuff like that in the north and the fall, you know, it's going to slow it down a little bit. But it's still, once we get the bugs out, they're unleashed, they're there, you know, they're going to start attacking. Uh, but it's to enhance it. Uh, it's I don't know other than what we put in the product because it's been researched. You know we've got the molasses, we got the food source in there, and you got the some nitrogen in there. Uh, I don't think there's anything, but it's still got to take a little time to do it. And then if you do run a tillage tool like a vertical till or anything in that, I don't know if you do that, Chad, but that's another way that you could uh, size your residue a little bit. You know. Uh, aerated a little bit that might be another way to to get it but in a true no-till situation uh i'd like to see some of that side to side but where i've seen it it, it looks really good uh both ways no-till or in conventional till it uh, once we get it on and like i said if you've got some moisture and temperature it it makes it work and with all the goodies that are packed in there uh it just takes it to another level 
Mm-hmm. But by the way, how many of your wheat you don't you don't do soybeans following every acre of wheat, do you? Yes. You do. And then how many of the acres on a percentage or a number uh got this treatment? Um we used it on a hundred acre. We got a hundred acres that we've got it on. So it's not like a small treatment, you know. Yeah. And on the, we've got it on 30 acre plot or 40 acre, 40 acre plot on the corn and a hundred yeah. acre plot on the beans. Okay. So that's, that's enough to give us some, some, yeah. you know, some comparison, some side-by-side stuff. And and we've got it in a big field where we got 40 acre square, 40 acre square. That's not treated at all. You know, but all the beans planted the same day, treated the same way. And we just didn't treat the 40 acres with that. I had to make it, you know, I made another treatment. That's what we have to do a lot of times, you know, and it ain't always the easiest thing to do. But we we can't get, you know, we spray 100-acre loads with our sprayers. So to do these treatments, you know, a lot of people wonder, well, how do you do that or how do you do this treatment? We make the whole treatment, and then we come back and put this product in these zones. You know, put a product in this zone, put a fertility product in this zone, and we zone these farms out to where we have checks and strips and checks and strips across the whole thing. Got it. So I guess I want to make sure we're talking about this treatment is is this something that should be done in you know we're talking about doing in the fall or following the combine uh mike should this be i mean are you really convinced that this is something that our guys are going to see the result from and say like yeah now it's a standard practice that after the combine runs when i have my my you know maybe chad probably more than some of the northern people gotta go out there and, and do a spray for winter annuals and that kind of thing is this something you think are you convinced is going to be become commonplace i do I, I believe it's going to be another chain and a link to get us, you know, we've plateaued uh, in a lot of ways and yields and things like that across the corn belt. And, you know, maybe even in the Southern States, uh, it's a, just another chain to take it to the next level. You know, we're looking at basically how to build a better mousetrap. We've got a, re- we've got a residue issue because we keep increasing our yields. We're making more biomass and we've got to do something with it. And tillage is not the total answer. Uh, it's part of the part of the answer, but it's not the total answer. There's some acres that you know tillage just is not going to be where, what you want to do. Uh, but where you do run tillage, you know, it takes two or three trips sometimes to get rid of that 250, 300 bushel corn. And uh, this product uh, is going to help that tremendously. You're basically you're going to be able to, uh, if you have adequate moisture and temperature, you are basically going to cut down a tillage pass yeah so we're talking about essentially the the fall on this because we want to make sure this is timely for you dear listener so the point is chad's now being encouraged to go and put this out there so it sounds like another experiment uh that's going to be giving you results because he's already done the stuff uh on the corn so we'll be talking about what happens on the post harvest uh on the uh and by the way should he put it on after this we did after wheat to go double crop beans should he do a treatment on the beans when they come off on the bean we, ground, that is. Well, what 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 we want to do is do a treatment on the corn where we're going to put the wheat back. Yeah, you know, because then we're trying to break all that down, that corn fodder down, and get that into the wheat plant. You yeah. know, and then and then we need to talk about the finances side of it for just seconds. You know, you know, this stuff is I wouldn't say it's pretty expensive, but it is. You know, it's a good product. It's got several things in it, and you know, it, it is costly. But with saying that, you know, you have to, you know, I'm the one that reallocates money all the time. Well, well, their whole thing is, you know, we want to reallocate this in the fertilizer program. Right. You know, when instead of us blowing out dry fertilizer, we can use so much of this organics, you know, and cut back our dry fertilizer rates, you know, and um, 
and make it fit in the schedule instead of just adding money to the cost of the farm you know we got to make find a piece where it fits in financially as well yeah and and that and that's probably mike what you would recommend is if we're if we're reallocating money it comes out of synthetic or traditional fertilizer programs and goes into this right that's correct yes over time uh we can get uh you know, your usage, your efficiency a lot better with the existing fertilizer that you're using. But the biggest thing is we help break down what nutrition that you've already got tied up in the soil. There's a tremendous amount of phosphorus and potassium and micros in the soil that's just tied up. It's unavailable. It's like it's in a bank that uh, they lost to your bank number and they won't let you take your... <laughs> But the fall treatment, Chad, you're going to do, you're, you're going to shell corn off here in another six weeks, let's say, and then you're going to go out and spray it, and then you're going to put in wheat right behind it, winter wheat, correct? Yep. I'm on, okay. I would like to wait, you know, unless unless we want to go out there and do, run right behind to come by and to see if we can get another week or two head start. But usually, you know, I'm going to gather this corn um, in the month of September. The, the three weeks, first three weeks of September, I want to be finished. Okay. Right, and then I'm gonna start on planting the wheat the last week of October, yeah. so it'll have oh, you got, know he's got five weeks, six weeks. Yeah, yeah, on, on it, you know. And I'd like to wait and really put the organics in, like he said, with that herbicide pass, where I'm not making another pass. Right. You know, my herbicide burned down in front of my wheat that goes no-till. We want to run the organics in, and then the organics has got all winter. I don't have for it to be gone in a week or two yeah. weeks. It's right. got all winter to break that thing down and. So you know till you know till that wheat into the corn stalks. That's and right. So if it does have six weeks, which it already has six weeks, but you're saying if you could do this, and it might accelerate that six week breakdown and get you better seed to soil contact, or more importantly, better availability of nutrients, yep. right? Well, guess and and also it would get a, get maybe it'd get nutrients in my plants before my plant goes dormant. You know, like where you're at up north, where they get where you know your plants gonna go dormant in you know first of November. Yeah. You know, well, mine may not go dormant until the 1st of December. Right. So if I can pick up some nutrients for a month, you know, and get it into that plant where it's already in there for spring green up, I feel like I'm further ahead. Got it. So, Mike, get me out of here. What else do I need to know about the, the fall pass? Looks like he's got, when you really think about it, it's really a post-harvest pass. Post-harvest pass into wheat stubble, post-harvest pass uh, into corn stalks. We didn't answer. Are we going to do a pass on the soybeans when they get harvested this fall? that went in behind wheat or does it need to you, you can uh if you want to start cycling the, the residue on that as well get the nutrients ready to go you know that's it'll help that pass next spring it'll warm the soil up a little quicker does it pencil uh, out? yes definitely does this like i said this is a journey you're trying to take your soil from where it is today and we want to put a turbo on that soil getting everything percolating and it's it's a starting point baseline and you'll start cycling the nutrition out you'll get your money's back there's no question and the other thing you're basically going to be getting a bigger ratio in our product and our fall product with the fungi and protist in there you're getting more fungi and protist in our fall product and that's what does the heavy lift and the breaking the p and k and your organic nitrogen and it's breaking the lignin and stuff down and then the other thing back to chad where he's going to be following up with wheat uh, coming back in there. Our product will also help uh, his wheat uh, germinate faster. It mm -hmm. will get will get get started and grow and uh, get the full rooting effect of our product as well. 
Got it. Chad, what what else? I'm I'm I mean, I'm seeing things from it already, you know, that I'm willing to try. And and like I said, it's all about fitting it into a budget. You know, it's it's not, you know, too many times here at Extreme Ag, you know, we're about put this product, put that product, but we still got to talk about the finances brought and figure out where we're gonna put it in the regiment. You know, and that's that's where we're gonna put it in. You know, we've been putting out, you know, I'm I'm not a guy to bash a bunch of dry fertilizers, but I've been putting dry fertilizer out all my life. Yeah. You know, and, and then we talk about that bank and that vault, and I'm still waiting on the key to that vault, and I ain't seen it yet. You know, yeah. but, so, uh, so, I mean, the reality is this is it's 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 uh, it's a different way of thinking. All right. We're going to get out of here on that. And that's the good thing about biologicals. We're talking about biologicals, fall treatment. What should you be doing? What should you be at least experimenting with? And Chad's doing that for you. because That's why we're here at Extreme Ag. We got hundreds of videos. Guys like Chad, Kevin, Matt, uh, Kelly, Temple. You know what they do? They shoot videos out in the field and they put them up there on the ExtremeAg.farm website. We've got hundreds of these podcasts. And they're all free. So you know what? Share these with someone that can benefit from them. Thanks so much for watching. And, and like I said, use this to your benefit. His name is Chad Henderson. His name is Mike Batson with Holganics. If you want to learn more about that, where do they go, Mike? Holganicsmidwest.com or holganicsmidsouth.com or holganics.com. Holganics, H-O-L-G-A-N-I-X, Holganics. My name is Damian Mason. Until next time, thanks for being here. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve, but there's plenty more. Check out ExtremeAg.Farm, where you can find past episodes, instructional videos, and articles to help you squeeze more profit out of your farm. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Advanced Drainage Systems, the leader in agriculture water management solutions.